This podcast is brought to you with limited interruption by Rudy Luther Toyota. Whether looking for an exciting brand new Toyota, a certified pre-owned vehicle, or getting quality routine maintenance and service for your vehicle, Rudy Luther Toyota is the place to go. Rudy Luther Toyota, the southeast corner of 394 and 169 in Golden Valley. AM 950, the progressive voice of Minnesota, the Matt McNeil Show for... Your November 1st post-Halloween fun fest. Matt, Brett here today. So what's this about we have a ghost in here? I was listening to Bakken sing last night, and he said apparently that things go bump in the night in this place. I, I've heard that, too. I have not seen it in person, but uh, we've had several people in the past say that they've seen a clock fly off, not fly off the wall, but just fall off the wall. <laughs> that's the, that's the how time room. flies. Oh, <laughs> okay, I'm sorry. Yeah. Okay, so the clock's flying off the wall. What else are we seeing here at the stadium? Uh, other people have come in and said they sense spirits that are a little more into that, a little more intuitive in that sense. So, is, yeah. Into sex you're talking about? I mean, is it a sex ghost? <laughs> All right. I don't know about those kinds. Yeah, yeah. Are we well, sure? it's a radio station, so it very well could be that type of ghost. Are we yeah. absolutely 100% sure it's not one of the old night guys from when this place was W-A-Y-L? Who just basically was sleeping here at the station because I'm a little down on my luck right now, so I'll, I'll find something soon. And he just never left. I mean, he could be roaming the halls of this place. We, I mean, I mean, we, do we know this for a fact? You could have an old engineer that's waiting for a paycheck. No, engineer's and, got a paycheck. I'm talking about the overnight guy. Oh, the overnight. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, I got three kids. I don't know where they're at. They won't let me see them. I, I, I want to be a better dad, but uh, you know, and when things work out, I'll, I'll, I'll find a place to move into. I mean, it could be that guy here. Well, Mike Lindell keeps some company in there with that core bird. Well, he probably is talking to Mike Lindell in there, the Mike Lindell cutout we have, because the guy's been roaming the station for 40 freaking years. I mean, we do have the transmitter out the back. I mean, he could be back there living there off little, of Yeah, little shacks back there you could live into and run in some, <laughs> some mice and other rodents it's, down there. It's not ghosts. It's radio. Welcome to the show. Um I had you did not have any kids. You have a pretty light uh, trick or treating no, no, group. Yeah, yeah. Yep, so we ended up having candy for me. I I thought okay, you know I bought I bought a little less than I usually do because it was a weeknight. I was gonna say your bag's a little smaller than you've given us in yeah, years past. It was, yeah, <laughs> I was a little surprised. So first of all, I, I I I was glad I didn't miss any of the real little kids. The five o'clock hour usually is the real little kids, like the little three year old dressed up like a lion, and just is just great. I love that, and I was, we didn't have anyone. Five o'clock hour was pretty empty. We didn't really have any of the young kids. So I'm saying to myself, oh, this is gonna be a this is gonna be a dead night. This is gonna be very very uh, um, you know low key. About 6.15, from 6.15 to about 6.45 was just constant, just constant kids. And then from 7.15 to about 7.45, it was another group of constant kids. Last kid came through about 8.15, and that was it. And my wife actually came up with the, the, the theory. She goes, yeah, it is cold out there, but it is also a school night. So no kid was going to be out here anyway until 9.30, 10 o'clock anyway. So they just basically, you know, bang for your buck, came through. Great to see them. A uh, lot of lot of big families, a lot of big ki- a lot of groups with a lot of kids. I had a blast, man. So, are you complaining that you don't have more candy back there? Is this what this is all about? I'm just comparing this to years past. You've you've occasionally bring in oh. like full bowls of candy, and now you just got a, a well, you got bag. okay. Yeah. I minimized. You don't have any milk duds. You're welcome. You're <laughs> welcome on that. Um, you do have one peppermint patty. 
uh, that's in there. Sorry about that one. I don't know. Uh, oh, we're getting your pea crew candy. Yeah, you know? well, you're getting some. I mean, you still got some <laughs> Mr. Good bars in there, which are – that's a pretty solid endeavor there. Um, you also have what, – what do you got? Kit Kats in there? You, you're, you're doing okay. You have a few Reese's. Yeah, let's see. We got some Kit Kats, some Reese's. Oh, we got a Hershey bar in here. There you go. Almond flavor. No, there's good stuff in here. Yeah, yeah. How much of that is Patrick going to see tomorrow? Any of it? Or is, or is this just going to, I mean, is this dinner for you? This will be dinner for me. Okay. This is the B candy. He's going to get the C candy when we're done with it here. Smarties. <laughs> going candy corn, spice drops. Here you go. No thanks. You put a cough drop in there on the way. Yeah, up. nothing wrong with a cough drop every once in a while. 952 946 6205. 952-946-6205. Not Mike. Okay, well, I got to say, uh, Jeff Stein, usual slot coming up here at about uh, 335. Not Mike Lindell. <laughs> that's, that's, actually, I, I don't know. I, I, my, you can see from what I just did, I suck at acting. You know, not Mike Lindell. Ha. Uh, yeah, no, I'm not very good at this. Apparently, Mike has taken to the... Stream? Uh, he's taken to the internet, streaming one one of these right-wing, you know, you can find us on a Canadian satellite dish somewhere, networks. My Pillow CEO, Mike Lindell, complained after he called a grifter after media outlets reported remarks in which he claimed he lost all of his money. <laughs> okay, wait a second here. You yourself claimed you lost all your money. Newsweek reported last week that Lindell revealed he was broke. I don't have any money, he said in a recent segment on Lindell TV. Maybe get rid of the TV network. I don't know. If you don't have any money, I just I gotta, just got to take a shot in the dark. On Wednesday, Lindell complained about the report while appearing on the guest of Steve Bannon's War Room program. Well, I see all the reports out today. He lamented. Mike Lindell complains. I don't have any money in my, in my pillow woes. They call me a grifter. I don't know. Did anyone call him a grifter? Or they just said he lost all of his money. I don't. Did you ever hear the term grifter before he brought up grifter? Yeah, that'd be him like going out and cheating people, which isn't necessarily the case. With I don't the think you know. Yeah. It, it, even if they, if you're trying to get him to buy the pillows, you're still you're still the owner of the company. You're trying, you know, that's just marketing. Yeah, it's a legitimate business. Yeah, I, I don't know. That, I don't think anyone's called you a grifter. You're the one that's calling yourself a grifter. It sounds like I might be wrong. And sure, I guess there could be someone on the internet who called you that. But I, you know, I don't know. It just it, you you said said you were out of money. That's kind of what we were talking about. They're attacking my pillow, saying my employees say that I should have learned my lesson. I shouldn't have kept talking about the election platforms, he added. And so the media is attacking me in full force. Okay, now that's a lot of different things there, Mike. Um, I, I mean, my pillow itself is my pillow getting attacked. I have mentioned that he's going to lose. He's likely going to lose my pillow if these findings, if these lawsuits, go the same way. That they're going for Fox News, which I cannot, considering he keeps doubling down and tripling down on him, I don't see how he doesn't get the same or worse findings against him. I would say then at that point, my concern would be whether my pillow as a company that Mike Lindell owns is still going to exist. I don't know. Um, saying People are saying that my employees say I should have learned my lesson. I don't know. What your employees are. I feel sorry for your employees. And that has been a consistent stance of this show. I feel sorry for the people that work for MyPillow, who that's their gig. That's their job, man. I don't think they want to see their company go under. So I don't know. I, I don't know if your employees are saying that or not. 
I know I'd be stressed out. I shouldn't have kept talking about the election platforms. I think that we all could agree. <laughs> That's, I, Mike, about midway through 2011, I, or 2021, rather, I said, dude, just come on out, show us your evidence, or apologize profusely. One of the two. Uh, and so, yeah, I think, I, I think that I think we all can agree on. The media is attacking me in full force. The Pillow executive uh, went on to say he urged users to buy his product so he could have peace of mind while he toured states to push his plan to secure elections. So if I don't all take advantage of my specials we have at Pillow, so I can have peace of mind that my employees are getting taken care of like you all have, he said, for that. So this is – and this is one on uh, Bannon's show on uh, Real America's Voice, which, yeah, something you find, I think, in the finer, you know, uh, truck stop bathroom stalls. I mean, that's what I'm going to guess. It is a video monitor in here. Uh, <laughs> it helps with digestion. Um, can real I, America's voice. That's quite a yeah, name for a change. Yeah, it's real America's real voice. Real America, not fake America. Not, not fake. And not, not the rest of those damn senses, no. Not 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 taste or you know, you know, sight, no, just voice, audio, sound, hearing. Uh I, I don't know where I'm going with that. I will say this. To a point, am I inclined to actually go buy something from his company just to try to help out his employees? I don't know. I don't know. I think that that's like putting a Band-Aid in front of a, a semi that's running 80 miles an hour down the highway at this point. I don't know if that's going to do a, a damn thing. And plus the fact that the reality is is that, I, mean, I, I would like to do it for his employees. I feel sorry for his employees because I, I honestly just do not if, – if, the, if these court cases go like the ones they went as they went with Fox, dude, you're going to lose a lot and badly. And so I, I do feel sorry because if, if they shut down your company, that's a lot of people that are out of work. So I do feel sorry for them. In the same sense as I was during the, the writer strike, I was listening to the Strike Force 5 podcast with all the late night hosts, which was absolutely sensational, by the way. And they basically – and it was – and I helped uh, – I made a donation there to help them out because they were paying for their union their, – their writers there. But I'm pretty sure I didn't get like the 20 bucks I sent in didn't go into Seth Meyers or John Oliver's pocket. I, I'm pretty sure that was not the case there. And I just don't know if I if I was to go do something like that. If I was to go buy a a pillow, I don't want to say I'm not going to say the L word on that pillow because you saw what happened when someone said that to him before. He during the deposition he got miffed. The contour friendly topographical map pillow no i don't know what you want to call it i just i i don't pillow we'll just go with pillow i'll just go with that but i don't know if i can't guarantee that money might just go to the you know mike lindell hardy's biscuit fund i don't know (laughs) by the way when i was down in mankato i drove past the hardy's (laughs) i said to myself do i do i dare Visit the same spot that Mike Lindell got raided by the FBI to get his cell phone. That's a that's a it's a quality biscuit. Did you you didn't take a selfie there with like the no. cell phone? I was running I was running out. late. I was running late, but I wanted to. I wanted to get a big old biscuit in the, in the parking lot and just like here you go. Now where's the FBI to take my phone? 
952-946-6205. Let's tell you what. Let's take a break early here. We'll come on back. Uh, once again, Stein coming up here at 335. It's the Matt McNeil Show right here on AM 950. AM 950, the progressive voice of Minnesota, the Matt McNeil Show. The Minnesota Supreme Court on Thursday will publicly discuss a pivotal political question that's on a course to the U.S. Supreme Court. Does the insurrection clause in the U.S. Constitution disqualify former President Donald Trump from the 2024 ballot? Oral arguments in an attempt to bar Trump from the Minnesota ballot take place at 10 a.m. at the Minnesota Judicial Center. A similar case is pending in Colorado and legal experts predict more predictions in additional states relying on the Section 3 of the 14th Amendment. So I want to make sure we understand something there. We are using the Constitution itself to negate Donald Trump from the ballot. There is this argument that the Constitution is getting abused. You know, No, you know what abuses the Constitution? Sending a mob to the U.S. Capitol on the day the Electoral College was counted. Trying to force the, the 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 Congress to basically throw out the legitimate election of Joe Biden, install Donald Trump as president. When that didn't happen, they threatened to murder the vice president, a Republican, mind you, and the Speaker of the House. And then they wipe feces all over the building as they beat cops. That is a violation of the Constitution. End of story. That is a violation of the Constitution. The One of the things that I, I find to be very disingenuous about this entire argument that you get from conservatives that are trying to argue this is this is your abuse of the Constitution. No, this is on point. And the one question that has to be decided is considering Trump basically coordinated this whole thing. And now we know from Cassidy Hutchinson that Trump is was in the White House screaming, hang him, hang him, hang him, <laughs> to, about, was screaming, hang him to his vice president, about his vice president. Wow. Of course, he led the, 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 the insurrection. The question here, the only question here is, do we actually hold someone accountable for a textbook definition of the Section 3 of the 14th Amendment? How Do we dare hold someone accountable for it? The insurrection clause prohibits former officers from holding office again if they try to in, engage in an insurrection or rebellion or give an aid or comfort to those who did. That would be, you know, people like Marjorie Taylor Greene and stuff like that who keep going out there and talking about they're innocent political prisoners. I think she should be banned from office personally. The petitioners are led by the nonprofit Free Speech for People, former Secretary of State Joan Grow and former Supreme Court Justice J- uh, Paul H. Anderson, their attorney Ronald Fine. Or Fien, I'm going to go with Fine. Ronald Fine, F-E-I-N. Pre- uh, presenting first on Thursday, we'll have 35 minutes to argue that Trump is disqualified from holding off future office because of his actions on January 6, 2021. The petition also asks the court to issue an extraordinary order directing Secretary Steve Simon to exclude Trump from the primary ballot on March 5, 2024, and from the November 5th presidential ballot. Trump is not yet the Republican nominee. Assistant Attorney General Nathan Hartshorn will have 10 minutes to argue for Secretary of State Steve Simon. 
Hartshorn will argue the court to will urge the court to make a speedy decision so that the county and local officials at the core of the state's election system can conduct the presidential primary in the orderly and professional fashion that Minnesotans expect and deserve. So, and, and by the way, so this kind of does sound a little bit like it, it, and I'm not sure about his position on this, whether or not the whether or not the, the he's he's for Trump being removed from the ballot. But what it's clear here is he's like, we need a decision on this. We can't let this thing be dragged out. Nicholas Nelson will get 20 minutes to argue on behalf of Trump and Reed LeBeau will have five minutes for the state GOP. In court filings, Trump's lawyers said they, that states lack authority to determine presidential qualifications and that allowing states to make conflicting determinations about who may appear on the ballot for a nationwide office would lead to electoral chaos. Trump's lawyers also said that Section 3 doesn't apply to the former president. Trump didn't engage in an insurrection that Congress must act before the insurrection clause can be used. At a day-long seminar at the University of Minnesota Law School on Monday, constitutional political scholars from across the country pondered the clause and what the courts will do. Ilya Salman, a constitutional law professor at George Mason University and chairman of the Constitutional Studies at the Cato Institute, said, The quality of legal arguments will make the difference if it goes up to the Supreme Court. There's a 50-50 chance there will be five votes in favor of disqualification. Salman expects that Kagan, uh, Brown-Jackson, and Sotomayor would vote to disqualify Trump on the ballot, and that Chief Justice John Roberts, Neil Gorsuch, would most likely join them with Amy Coleman Bryant, also a close third. So here we are. You just don't want him held accountable. Let's just, at the end of the day, let's, let's just call what Republicans are doing what they're doing. Republicans do not want Donald Trump to be held accountable. The same people that will tell you that Joe Biden stumbled on a stair. He needs to be disqualified from office and removed immediately. Here is a guy, and I want to make sure we understand this, because we now have the clear picture here. He knew he was going to lose election night in 2020. They came up with this concocted story that the election was stolen without any evidence of having it. They then proceeded to go to court case after court case and make the following argument. We think the election, not they know the election. When they got into court, they changed their argument. They think the election was stolen. Hence, what they want is for the courts to give them six weeks with the election machines that no one can watch what they're doing, and then they'll come out and tell you what happened. We also know there was direct pressure on on some states to find votes, aka the case in Georgia right now, and that there is even uh, you know cases in Arizona where they were trying to do this. When it became clear that there was not going to be a legal recourse because the election was legitimate, they then hatched a plan with the state GOP parties from a, few, a certain few states to send fake electors to Washington, D.C. for only one reason, to use as a lame justification to argue, well, we can't accept the electors because the state sent us fake electors, so we can't do it. They couldn't even do that right. There were so many mistakes and problems with their process that that, that even they basically were 
found to be somewhat, you know, unreliable, to say the least. So then, basically, when it came down that the the fake electors were not going to be accepted, that the state electors were there, it came down to could he get enough of the House and the Senate to basically back him up, throw throw out a legitimate election, and basically install Trump as president. Now, something like this, similar to this, not exactly this, actually had happened before when there was a bit of a three-way tie uh, back with the election of John Quincy Adams, uh, Henry Clay, and and Andrew Jackson was – I mean, Jackson led, but basically Clay did a backroom deal and basically awarded it to Quincy Adams, and everyone was furious. But that was what they were trying to do. They were trying to set that up to where basically they could – they install Trump as president. It didn't work. And so when it came down to the final moment – where it was the day, January 6, 2021, and they were counting the ballots, the Electoral College in the House and the Senate. Donald Trump decided, if I can disrupt that entire circus and basically drive the House and the Senate out of the Congress and then delay this, I might be able to basically you know, you know, convince the Supreme Court to throw out the election and install me as president. So he, with purpose and design, sent an angry mob, which he and his cronies fired up and marched on the U.S. Capitol to beat cops, to threaten to hang the vice president, to storm the building and wipe feces all over the building. It was an insurrection. It was coordinated by Trump. This Use of Section 3 of the 14th Amendment of the Constitution is on point. The question is, do we actually start holding people accountable for their actions, namely Donald Trump? And this week, I have to tell you the truth. I actually am starting to think we might actually do so. Not necessarily, and I'm going to say this in kind of in a cynical way, but it's the truth. I think his cognitive degeneration is so bad right now that I think within the Republican Party, I think that there is a movement, there is an effort right now to say, this guy's not fit for office. And if we put him in there, we are basically putting a a six-year-old with a tub of paste into the White House Oval Office, and I guarantee you he will not have anyone in there regulating him. I think that's why all of a sudden it does indeed look like for sure he's in big trouble in New York. He's in big trouble in Atlanta, and he's been big trouble in D.C. The Florida case, the documents case, we'll have to see how that goes. But no, this is Republicans are always going to scream unconstitutional. No, this is actually on point in the Constitution. It's just you don't like the fact that your guy is finally being held accountable. And as a matter of fact, I could actually see – and I, I'm actually starting to see a path where Donald Trump might spend the rest of his life, you know, in another country to avoid basically prison time in the United States. I could see him fleeing to another country and, and, and staying there. Heck, probably even still running for office from another country. But I could honestly see that. 952-946-6205. We'll take a break. Come on back. Jeff Stein when we do return. It's the Matt McNeil Show right here on AM 950. 
Jeff. Jeff, 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 Jeff. Jeff Steins, our national and presidential expert, noted author. You can find his books over at Next Chapter Books as well as totallyiowa.com. And the Iowa Business Report, Iowa Politics Report, come to us from KXEL in Cedar Falls, Waterloo, where Jeff Stein is today. How was your Halloween last night? Anything exciting for you? Not a darn thing, and I'm very happy about it. I mean, you know me. I'm the kind of guy that I turn off all the lights to make sure nobody comes over. You know, that's that's me. <laughs> I'm, I'm I'm Mr. Social. I turn off the lights. You know, I I roll some razor wire across the driveway. Wow. It's all great. Very Texas. All right. So, <laughs> it's, it, it, how, but are you are you really kind of have a bit bit of a rural lot though? Don't don't you? Yeah, but it's uh, it, it's in the country. It's sort of in the woods, but there's a nice paved cul-de-sac right there. So I mean, you know, you wouldn't. It's it's uh, country living with neighbors that are far too close. How's well, that for well, for God's sake. Well, at least give the neighbor kids. I mean, it's not like their kids are driving into they, your neighborhood. No, no. there there. Well, uh, there are bands of marauders who do come through and, and they they chant your name. Well, it's, uh, but, it's, uh, I, really, I made an impression when I was down there. So it was good stuff. <laughs> it's there. There aren't a lot of kids. But even when I lived in a city, it's like. Just literally turn off all the lights. I, I just, you know, I don't like Halloween, and I, I'm sure I've told you the story. But when I was a little kid, growing up in central Iowa, it was cold for Halloween one year. And so I'm wearing mittens knitted by my dear grandmother. Yes. By her own fingers. Yes. And I go to a neighbor lady. I reach in to pull out one piece of candy. But the little jagged edges of the fun size bar stuck to the mitten. And as I pulled my hand out holding one, another one was stuck to it. And the cranky old lady at the door said, you only get to take one of them. When I wasn't trying to take more than one, and it scarred me for life. And as far as I'm concerned, let's go from October 30th to November 1st and skip the whole thing. (laughs) That may explain a lot about me. Jeff Stein, the happiest man in Iowa. All right. Uh. <laughs> I was scarred at a young age about Halloween. Forget it. Don't want any part of it ever since. I had fun and got free candy. I, you know, potato, potato. Uh, you know, <laughs> so. you're the you're the one who who as the children were growing up, and and thank God your your wife was the moderating influence on the development of the children. But you'd say, all right, let's see what you have. Okay. For your dental health, yes. you only get six pieces of candy, and Dad will take the rest and donate it to poor children who didn't get to have candy. And then when the kids all go to bed with their six, six pieces of candy, you're sitting there just mowing down, watching, uh, you know, playing video games. I, I would know. go to sleep. I'll do it in front of their face. I always kind of <laughs> wonder, it's like, Mom, Dad, why are you sitting out the door? You have a bowl of candy right here. I could just stay right here and eat this, you know. I don't have to do the legwork. This is my philosophy. It's like if I'm going to buy overpriced candy, I might as well eat it. Why yeah. give it to these these snot-nosed little kids in uh, – wait. <laughs> Open the door. There's a kid trick-or-treating. Just slam the door as you eat the candy bar yourself. Nice. Uh, well, it's, it's a matter of saying this is what life is like, kid. This is your candy bar, but I'm going to eat it in front of you and hand you the wrapper. 
Welcome to the American taxation system. That's what uh, it should have done. I was gotten way too Republican. I'm just going to let you know. Uh, all right. <laughs> Teach you a lesson about, you know, Ayn Rand. All right. So we, I yes. want to take something. You and I are going to go down a path here that's way out in left field. And all it's right. an issue that probably most people have not even heard about. But there is this movement right now to remove the AM radio from vehicles. Now, the argument that you get from the industry is that an AM signal, when you're looking at electric vehicles, it can create electromagnetic interference to the electric vehicle. And henceforth, it, it it's considering it is, you know, and like, you know, when you talk about people that are engineers that are building the next big thing, they, they have no problem in abandoning the old thing. The mentality is, well, why do we need them anyway? But there is this movement right now within the government to say, no, 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 no. We need to make sure AM radios are still accessible in cars, at least for a while here. Am I getting that correctly? Pretty much. Um, There are a couple of things about it. First of all, they're not taking AM radios out of existing vehicles. This is only that you could not get them in new vehicles. Now, the concept is... And and you know this, when you're driving along listening to AM 950 and there happens to be a thunderstorm, it interferes with the signal. That's electrical interference. Apparently, in an EV, because of the nature of the vehicle, the radio gets interfered with. Now, that's why they say, well, let's get rid of AM in the cars because there's interference. Well, you could put in a $15 filter. The, The manufacturer can put in a filter. That would eliminate the issue of the static on the radio. Now, the argument that some, I don't, but some have have posed is that this is a diabolical plan to get rid of conservative talk radio because more of that is on AM than any other type of programming. And so you have people saying this is government censoring content, and I don't buy that. I buy the monetary approach, Matt, and here's my theory. Oh, I, I by the way, okay. 100% agree with you. $15 per car, I can already see the executives in that car company saying, man, think about how much money we would save, how many jet skis we could buy if we don't have to put that thing in there. Well, and then they don't have to put the AM radio in on top of it, yep. you know, blah, blah, blah. Okay. So I say this is for profit by the car companies. Because if you don't put the AM radio in, and everybody says, oh, yeah, well, that's fine. Pretty soon they're going to tell you, well, it's not cost effective to only have the FM radio because really, you know, AM and FM, they were together. And so now that we're only putting an FM radio in, that's not cost effective. So we need to get rid of the FM radio as well. What are you left with then? You're left with paying the car companies for streaming services. Yes. And that, to me, is the whole motivation here. They are trying to find a way so that the free entertainment goes away so they can make more money. Now, there is a public safety element of this. And look, from a libertarian standpoint, I don't want the government telling a car company what they can and cannot do, except they already do with regard to uh, miles per gallon guidelines, with Seat regard belts, to emissions, airbags, yeah, belts, yeah, everything, yeah, yeah. right? So it's not the first time the car company, well, here's the safety element. When there is some sort of a warning, 
uh, an emergency. I mean, for example, today alone in my state, we had the na- the statewide uh, monthly test of er- emergency activation. Yes. We had um, the test of a missing person. Uh, and so, you know, here this goes. There was the water boil advisory in Hardin County, Iowa, for one of the cities. Okay, so the idea is to get messages out, there's a system and it overrides on radio. And AM signals travel much farther than FM, especially when you get into cities. Now, you said to start the conversation, many people just may not have heard of this. I guarantee you in rural areas they have because, again, this is where it is really impacting people, not so much in big, bigger cities where there are a lot of options, but it's going to impact people in rural areas. By the way, water boil in Hardin County. I used to live in Hardin County. What town is it? Is it Eldora? It was Ac- no, it was Ackley. Oh, it was Ackley. Okay. Well, sucks oh, to be well, that. Nice, <laughs> nice job with the plausible deniability. Oh, what town was it? I had nothing to do with this. Well, sure. I might feel a little bad if it was Eldora, but I mean, it's, you know. I, well, I knew when I said Hardin County, I was going to get your attention on that. But, yes, it was Ackley, and they have a boil order because I, I don't know. Something. There is this false notion. I remember when I worked in Ames, and I was working there with mm-hmm. Iowa State University. And this is back in 97 to 2000. And mm-hmm. I would I would have these the, – we, we'd do, go do Visha, and they'd always have all the fraternities and sororities that have a fundraiser. And they would talk about them, and they'd say, well, what's the number people can call? We don't have a phone number. Here's your webpage, uh, Gamma Kappa Beta backslash help the needy backslash question mark 4719 question mark dot com. And you're like, okay, you think anyone's going to remember that when I say that on the air? And they said, well, everyone's got online. I said – no, this is back in 97 to 2000. A lot of people are getting there, but the vast majority of people still have, you know, do phones and dial and that's how you do this. Mm-hmm. And it was hard because there's this tendency of that when someone embraces a new technology that that all other technology, ancient technology is now gone by the wayside. And this right. is clearly people who, and, and I'm not going to sit here and fight for conservative radio per se, but I'll I'll fight for I'll fight for ag radio. Holy cow! I mean, that's one of the few pla- things that you know, one of the few places you still get agricultural news and, and reporting in rural America is on these AM radio stations out there. That would there no one's going to replace that. No one is going to replace that. Um, I don't necessarily think it's good to start stifling freedom of speech, whether that's you know shutting down one political point of view or, or not. But as well, I mean, that goes be, it goes beyond. There's a lot of radio stations in rural America that do not have an FM counterpart to them. I mean, our station doesn't have an FM car- counterpart to it. We are just AM 950, and so in these communities, that's where they get their Iowa Hawkeyes football, or the Iowa State Cyclone football, or they they can get their 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 local news. I mean, there is a viability here. That I understand guys in New York and Los Angeles or Detroit or wherever they're drawing up these plans are, they're looking, well, that's horseshoes. We're moving on into the future. The reality is is that there, there is an insanely myopic view because the reality is that no matter what you have, I understand satellite radio is out there and stuff, but still the pound for pound, the winner in rural America is AM radio. And again, it's free. And that's why I I think there's this motivation because, you know, look, there are people listening to us now on AM 950. Tremendous. There are people, no doubt, listening to your web stream. But you've got to be in a place to listen to the web stream, like near a computer or an app on a phone or whatever, whatever it is. And that's that's not as mobile. 
not as guaranteed as the AM in the car. And the the concept that you can just wipe this entire uh, form. Now, you know, off the map makes no sense. Now, there are people who say, well, you know, again, government shouldn't be playing favorites. Government regulates radio. You have to follow certain rules. You know, Chad owns a license for AM 950. Yes. And there are rules. Now, not everybody can have a radio station. Why? Because these are electromagnetic frequencies. They fly through the air just like a river. It's a natural resource. This is how it's been interpreted by this government. Because in the early days before we had governmental regulation of radio, everybody put a radio station on whatever frequency they wanted. And guess what happened? Everybody was talking on top of one another. There was no radio because everybody tried to talk at the same time. And so there's a regulation of who gets to have frequencies, who gets to have a license, where do they transmit. Government already regulates radio. And so, therefore, it's different than newspapers. It's different than cable and satellite. It's different than streaming services. So, you know, truly, this is government protecting a natural resource that is free for people. And it just comes down again to money, in my view. Because if you've got that, well, look, you buy a new car at Rudy Luther. Yes. Does it come with uh, XM? Uh, yeah, satellite, it, 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 so XM you have to activate it. But they all, all of them pretty much today are, are built in with the satellite radio in them. And it's like, hey, here's your two months free. And then you pay for it, right? Yes. Well, what happens when you say, you know, I don't want to pay for it because guess what? I still have radio. Well, what happens when you don't have radio anymore? Mm. Then are you more likely to buy a streaming service, a Sirius XM, et cetera? Maybe. And guess who then makes money? The car company. I'm going to tell you this. Sure. Friends of mine on the far right can say it's to stifle their voices all they want. The real thing is a restraint of trade on the AM, FM radios, because it's not well, just AM, I will tell you. Well, and I, and I think you're actually the, the, the most spot on point you're saying is that it's taking it's doing something that conservatives in this country have been doing for 50 years, taking something that we have for free and turning it into something that we pay for. And that is that has been a, a kind of a mindset that this has gotten in this country. And, I, and I, it's it is very valuable. So, I mean, OK, Brett, quickly, quickly. Well, but here's the thing. Let's say you want to pay for the streaming service or for Sirius XM. Go for it. Yeah. But, but again, this is the free, over-the-air, government-regulated security system that will override anything else. And they're not, gonna, they're not making you to pay for AM and FM radio. They just don't want you to have that as an option at all. Uh, we stream on our webpage, Brett, but what's the service at, what's the, if, uh, for the uh, tune-in? Yep, tune-in. Tune-in. Yep. There's radio.com. There's tune-in.com. And I think there's a few other ones that are out there. Mm-hmm. Could could the the, rec, the companies basically say, here's the deal. If you have a streaming service, we'll put it on, and that's going to be a free service. Your local radio stations will be available to you within, a say, a 200-mile radius, wherever your car is at any given time, that those will be free. I'm presuming that's a, that's a non-starter because, you know, once again, as you go back to, well, they're not going to give you something for free that they'll make you pay for. All right. Let's say you went with that. Let's okay. say, and it, we'll pick on TuneIn. How does TuneIn right now get its signals? They take them. They take them typically from your web stream. And so that's why the tune-in quality has never been as good as if it was the straight stream of AM 950 or or whatever. But here's what's going to happen. If they make the deal and say, oh, well, you know, we'll just make sure every car has tune-in. Right now, tune-in carries my radio station, your radio station for free. 
you think that's going to continue? No, that's of a course not. No, of course and not. so that's the whole problem. When an aggregator of signals becomes the exclusive distributor, hello, capitalism. No. And guess who's going to get soaked? It's going to be the station who then will pass it on to businesses, who passes it on to consumers, and you're stuck paying. Uh, I would highly recommend uh, people out there, everyone that's listening right now, contact your local congressman, federal congressman uh, or senator and tell them, you know, make sure we preserve AM radio. Because although we definitely have a wide cornucopia of op- options to get a an entertainment signal, the reality is, is we still need those base ones in AM and FM radio. And if we don't have those, well, then we really don't. You know, it's it is. There, the only option is going to be then to pay for it, and I think that that's that's something which is 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 not going to benefit all of us at all. Let's take a break. Come on back. Uh, we'll we'll actually get into some politics when we do return. Jeff Stein joining us nine five two nine four six six two zero five. It's the Matt McNeil show right here on AM nine fifty. AM nine fifty, the Progressive Voice of Minnesota. It's the Matt McNeil show. Nine five two nine four six six two zero five. Jeff Stein joining us uh, right now. Jeff, uh, Minnesota tomorrow is going to have a hearing at the Minnesota Supreme Court to whether or not to negate Donald Trump from the election ballots, the primary and the general election ballots in twenty twenty four. Uh, this is the second major state to go with this. Colorado is also uh, running up the, uh, the section three of the Fourteenth Amendment, which is pretty clear: you can't be part of an insurrection and then be on a ballot again. The Republican argument seems to be something of the effect of. Well, you can't do this on a state level. Only the federal level can. But isn't that kind of you? You've always made the point. It's like these elections are a state thing. This is if you're going to remove someone under Section three of of the 14th Amendment, you got to kind of start at the state level because the, the, the federal government doesn't really have any control over the state elections. Correct. The president is elected by electors. Electors are selected by states. States have their own rules about elections with regard to how many days prior to Election Day, when are the polls open on Election Day, etc. They have rules for when you uh, have to be on a ballot, not be on a ballot, you know, all of this. Everything is controlled by the states. And so there is no such thing, Matt, as a national ballot. And if a state disqualifies someone, either because they didn't get enough signatures or because they run afoul of any of the other rules for being on a ballot, they can't be on the ballot. Now, is this, uh, I understand why those on the right who support Trump are saying, well, this is a federal issue because that's the argument they would have to make. And by the way, can I, can I, can I step in here really quick? Cause you're, because to understand the process, the state then sends it up to the Supreme Court. The Supreme Court basically says, yes, a state, say that they rule for, the people that are trying to remove them, uh, Trump from the ballot in Colorado, Minnesota, right. they they right. come back. What they're basically saying is they're not saying Trump's off the ballot in all these other states. He's saying that the other states, if they try to remove him, they are not going to get in the way of it. Correct. That would be the correct well, interpretation. What they're saying is that the states have the right to determine who's on the ballot. Yes. OK. In a state run election. And so, no, it does not. It, you're right. It, it For the very reason that you just stated, if Minnesota and Colorado can say that that paragraph of the 14th Amendment applies, if they have the right to do that individually, then so do the other states, but those other states also don't have to. Yes. They can interpret it their own way. And it's uh, it's an imaginative way of going about it. It's untested. 
nobody knows how this is going to how this is going to fly because many of these same states have provisions that say the Republican and Democrat parties. Some states it's libertarian too if they had enough of a vote. You don't have to get signatures. You don't your your nominating convention individual the the person that you nominate at the national convention is automatically on the ballot. All right, how does that square then? Because it's one thing for Bobby Kennedy Jr. to have to go door to door to get signatures to be an independent on every state's ballot. It's another when you've you've just you, your party automatically gets in. And so how's that going to fly if one state says, yes, your party's nominee automatically gets in, but we're going to preemptively disqualify that person because of the 14th Amendment. It's it's fascinating stuff that's never been broke. Well, OK, has it has it not? The reason I ask that is this. OK, Section three of the 14th Amendment, this is being used this time. But if mm-hmm. I remember correctly, Lincoln wasn't on the ballot even. They kept him off the ballot in many southern states. I don't know what their justification was for that. But they did. Now, it could have been just they made it up just to keep them on the ballot. And back then, no one really cared. But they had to have been some reason they kept Lincoln off those ballots in 19, or 1860 when he originally ran because you know, he, you know, they, they, he was not on a lot of state ballots. Well, in 1864 is when they did the Unity Party, and that's why Andrew Johnson, a Democrat, was listed as the vice presidential running mate for preservation of the union. In that election, they, that's why there was the split between Lincoln, a Republican, and Johnson, a Democrat, because they kind of all just got together and said, well, we, we just got to get through this election process. There's a war on. And so, you know, we're, we're always fast and loose with this stuff when it serves our purposes. But, you know, again, it's the it's the same people who are saying we need to have this controlled by states who then are saying, oh, well, no, it's a national election. You cannot have that both ways. And that's what makes my head hurt. You know, because it's like, all right, I don't care which lane you take driving your car down the road, but pick one. You can't be driving sideways in both of them. We'll have to wrap it up there. Jeff Stein, Mm -hmm. once again, uh, the Iowa Politics Report. I'll uh, put that out a little bit later on. Jeff, thank you very much. Hour two is up next. Hour number two of the show here on your Wednesday, November 1st. Matt and Brett here. Guest free this hour. Good to have you with us. 952-946-6205. 952-946-6205 is the phone number. So um, one of the things, um, <laughs> okay, I'm going to have to revisit a road that I haven't had to in a long time here that um, I used to, when I first started here back 13 and a half years, almost 14 years ago, I had to do it a lot because there comes a natural strategy, Brett, when it comes to Democrats, that there's a tendency that as opposed to go over and face-to-face with your real enemy across the way, you have a tendency of looking to someone to your right and punching down just because you only agree with me on 98% of things because it's easier to do. You know, They know they're going to be more forgiving and it's like, I'm sorry I hit you, I'm sorry, <laughs> that sort of thing. So I haven't had to do this thing again, but it, it, it wreaked its ugly head. Now I last night, very busy with, with trick or treating. I get home from, I there, I'm not going to make dinner last night. I, I, I just didn't have time. So I had to go pick up some food, 
So right left the station, got gas for the car, went to pick up food, had to get home, had to get the show posted, all the, the, the links and all that stuff. I got to get that posted up on all five social media pages. Insatiable. You're insatiable. <laughs> then I, so I got to get all that done. I got to get the po- pumpkins you know, uh, set up. I had to make sure the front steps are not slippery so I don't kill any trick-or-treaters. I had, to get the, I had to get the pumpkins set up. had to get the front yard set up. had to get their candy ready to go. Ding-dong, busy with trick-or-treaters. I decide at, at some point in the evening, just on my phone, because I can do updates on the phone if I have to on the social media, there is this cute picture that was done in the style of kind of like Van Gogh for Halloween. And I, and I tagged AM 950, and it's like, happy Halloween for myself and everyone at AM 950 Radio. Simple, painless, easy. You, 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 did you see that post I put out there? Yeah, I'll go. I'll go well, way I'll to go. check your freaking social media yeah. there, Brad. <laughs> so I put it up there. It's a nice little picture. You can see, you can see there's It's it's, it's cute little Halloween image. Yeah, nothing. This is not the make or break of my day. This percent, this this allows me then to get two, mind you, two. Oh God! And she just responded, two, two tweets last night from everyone. Uh, you know, this is the, so. I want to repeat once again. This is the the tweet I put out there. Just once again, busy trying to fly around. Happy Halloween for myself and everyone at AM nine fifty. Um. From everyone, uh, this is this is this is from you know someone on social media. From everyone at you don't need to say myself. You're included in everyone. Grammar police here. I served correct. <sighs> Saying yourself and everyone makes you sound pompous. So now once again, I just put this out there with a picture because I was really busy. Had kids coming in here. All right, so I put this out. Seriously, I only wish my days were so stress-free I could concern myself with someone something so trivial as the grammar of others. Sorry I offended you. To which I just now got responses. I mean, this could I could have played this out better, right? Better. Grammar is not trivial. <laughs> sorry you did not grammar in school. Oh, I'm sorry. I went to screw you, okay? <laughs> That's what did have grammar in school. You are not open to learning something? Okay, shut up. This is one little post. I just explained what it was. It was one of those things. And I get it. There are people out there like, I don't care if the Republicans take over everything and they destroy everything. If you don't use proper grammar, they've already won. I don't care. This is, I'm going to get a shirt that just says, I don't care. I don't care. Far right Republicans, when you come at me and you scream at me, I don't care. Uh, On a a planet with a population of 9 billion, you rank somewhere around on any given day, 4 to 5 billion. You don't matter to me. I could care less what you think. No, you're not very smart. You're just looking for validation for me. No. I'm glad you corrected my grammar. Boy, oh boy. Have you listened to this chimp fest that we've got here as a radio show? Does anybody here really respect me for my knowledge and wherewithal? Of course not. They're here for the stupid juvenile humor. That's it. 
Well, and and of course my my cooking tips and the OnlyFans page. But just I, I I'm not going to engage in someone that it takes something so freaking trivial and has turned this into the hill they're going to die on. And the reason why <laughs> Brett Brett, you're laughing hysterically. Yeah, I'm, just, I'm, I'm just laughing at this right here. I mean, well, I didn't want everyone to have a happy Halloween, so maybe she was right. <laughs> no, I, I get. Yeah, it's a uh, it's it's a little trivial to I, I a little. Yeah, it's insane. Okay, and once again, granted, uh, I didn't go to Oxford. I, I was uh, I was not part of the Oxford crew, though. Well, we 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 studied the old ancient Bible and 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 we learned how to transcribe it into modern day terminology. Uh, yeah, you're right. I, uh, oopsies. Uh, I didn't get that far. You didn't learn how to speak good at Edina. Find me likey. <laughs> Happy Halloween for myself and everyone at AM 950 Radio. Allow myself to introduce myself. I don't care. I don't care. But I – and now I know you're out there saying to yourself, well, if you don't care, Matt, why are you being like this? Because – there are things you should care about. And this goes back to what I talked about back in 2010 when I started here and I would get this. And in 2012 and in 2014, 2016, 2018, I haven't had this since the pandemic. I don't know. Maybe things people realize, like, oh, okay, I guess comparing, complaining about grammar is a secondary thing when people are dying left and right. But... Let me make sure you understand that occasionally I might put out a clunky sentence. Hell, I spent most of my youth in Rhode Island, and the fact that I can speak somewhat coherently is a remarkable feat. And if you think I'm joking, go talk to someone from freaking Rhode Island. It is everything. Throw those up the hatch. Won't you do that? You know, it's it's all it's kind of like a dumber sounding Yoda. I mean, it's it, that's that's Rhode Island. So I get it. Fine. High, you're taking the high road and you're looking down upon me with judgment. Do you understand the fight that's in front of you right now? Do you understand on the cusp and this and this, this is what you're wasting your time on. This. Duluth, Minnesota. An anti-Semitic comments during a city council meeting has... Councilors prepare to make changes to public comment protocol. Monday night's Duluth City Council meeting during open public comment was met with three different instances of anonymous callers spewing anti-Semitic and racist comments. They were awful via via vile hate-filled, said Duluth City Councilor Eric Forsman, who we've had on the show before. Open public comment is a council meetings was introduced during the pandemic and continue to be used for residents who were not able to make it to the meetings. According to Forsman, there has never been an issue with the public comment system until Monday. This unfortunately shows the downside when somebody doesn't have to put a face in a name and can say whatever they want hiding behind a camera, said Forsman. The individuals who called during the council meeting signed up to speak using fake names. Commenters are often given around three minutes to talk, but the callers were quickly cut off by Council President Janet Kennedy before they reached their minute and a half mark. I've never seen a situation in my time in the council where somebody was speaking during the open comment period had to be stopped, said Forsman. Now the council is planning to make changes to their open public comment policies. We don't want to pollute democracy with disgusting anti-Semitic racist talks, said Steve, uh, Steve Hungs, 
the executive director of the Jewish Community Relations Council for Minnesota and the Dakotas. He says that the comments made Monday night were just one incidence of growing problem across the nation. According to the FBI director, Christopher Wray, who went in the front of the Senate on Tuesday, statistics show the Jewish community only uh, represents about 2.4 in the American public, but account for about 60% of all religious-based hate crimes. The ADL shows we have almost 400% increase in anti-Semitic incidents in the United States since October 7th. Moving forward, Forsman said that everyone at the council chambers will do what they can to make sure something like this never happens again. Hate is not just welcome in our city council, uh, in our city council, and in our city. What I think you have to do is, um, you know, you you have to basically have people register. I mean, this is we used to talk about onions and orchids when it was running in the Misabi Daily News. We used to do that, which I miss. But it was such a, it was such a burning dumpster fire because it was anonymous comments in a newspaper, and of course it was going to be a burning dumpster fire. But you see, is this as, as, you, as you as you are patting yourself on the back about solving my problems and solving this? I'm trying to deal with crap like this. We have a guy who's running for a second term right now, not Joe Biden, no, the the big orange blob. Trump is running for another term. Trump did this. Bigots, anti-Semites, racists, militia guys, they all used to know to stay quiet in their house or basically go and spew their hatred out on their compound in the middle of freaking Michigan or Montana or wherever the hell they were. The reality is, is the modern world we live in has been influenced by Trump, who basically said, attack, attack, attack. You're not wrong for your racist and bigoted beliefs. They're wrong for not liking your racist and bigoted beliefs. And what started on Twitter and on social media has now become this, which we have seen at council meeting after council meeting, after school board meeting after school board meeting, after input session after input session, screaming mad lunacy. trying to come on out and validate itself and make it mainstream. Sure. Fine. You got me. I could have wrote, written a cleaner sentence. But do you see what's going on here? This, that, my language on a tweet, which was clearly ceremonial at best, that gets you upset. And this This is just one. This is one of hundreds of stories I come across every single day. You want another little sober fest? Well, sit on back and buckle on up. The vast majority of Republicans say they support installing deterrents such as razor wire and floating barriers in rivers to prevent immigrants from entering the country illegally, even if the people are endangered or killed in new survey finds. Sweet Lord! And by the way, once again, these are people who claim to be Christian, who have taken my religion and dragged it through the mud so badly, I don't know if it will ever recover. A religion that in the Gospel of Matthew tells you to welcome in strangers in strange lands, and it's pretty damn clear that that doesn't mean that they come through with a process, it's just you welcome them in. Direct teaching from Jesus, the man that makes Christians Christian. These same people are applauding killing children in these razor wire barriers in the middle of rivers because, ha, 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 we got them. Vast majority of Republicans, 
the vast majority of Republicans. Texas Governor Greg Abbott is locked in a legal fight with the Biden administration to keep razor wires and buoy barriers with blades along the U.S.-Mexico border amid a surge in the number of migrants attempting to enter the country. At least one body has been found caught in the buoy barriers. Dozens of migrants have been treated for injuries from razor wire, according to the Houston Chronicle. The Biden administration says the barriers violate federal law, pose a danger, and undermine the president's uh, authority in regards to uh, border strategy. Abbott and other Republicans say the Biden administration is not doing enough to address the influx of migrants, most of them attempting to enter the U.S. through Texas. And so once again, their solution is to murder them. Why aren't you doing more about the immigrants coming to the border? We're going to murder them. Ha, 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 ha. I'm Christian. But hey, my, my language, did you see my grammar? Jesus, did you see my grammar? Oh my God. You know, the hell with this. Hell with the kid dr- drowning in razor wire. No, 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 no. I, I did a social faux pas. <laughs> I'm giving you an example of why I don't care. I don't care. And you trying to, to get me to, to necessarily, you know, oh, I'm so sorry. I need to fix everything. No, I don't care. Because this is what I'm dealing with. And anyone that wants to look at me, whether it's anti-Semites taking over the Duluth City Council meetings or, or you know, Republicans wanting to murder children, murder children as they claim to be Christian. I don't hold this job up on some sort of mountain or, or pulpit. I don't. All I can do is I can look around at what's going on in this country and say to myself, sweet Jesus, if someone isn't freaking screaming at the top of the lungs about, dear God, do you see what's going on? That no one is. And right now there is an incredible effort to shut this down, shut all this left-leaning talk down. So this is my priority. And by the way, this story is just getting going. This Axios story on where the Republicans are at, holy God. We'll get to that. I'll take a break. Come on back. 952-946-6205. 952-946-6205. It's the Matt McNeil Show right here on AM 950. So you tell me, that, okay, here's the feedback here. I'm gonna, at one, don't be a jerk. Two, I'm not against learning something new. Three, I have far more important things to focus on as opposed to the outrage over a minor grammar faux pas. And four, I just don't care. You, if you think I'm small because of that, I just don't. I have a lot of grammar. I make I make a lot of grammar mistakes. That sound good? I think that, yeah, yeah you speak very good. Uh, me, me, me like time and send. Me radio host. Me, yeah. me, me radio host and bye-bye. All right. And I just did send it, so yeah. Um. Let me get back to this little this little nugget that is the um, this Axios story. Seventy seven percent of Republicans say they favor installing deterrents such as razor wire and deadly buoy barriers, according to the survey conducted by the Public Religion Research Institute and the Brookings Institution. And once again, I want to remind you: these are people who claim to be Christians. One of the main tent poles of Christianity is welcoming strangers from strange lands, and these guys can't kill them fast enough with cheers of glee and a plum. All right? Let's just make sure we understand that. 77% of Republicans 
are for killing migrants. 77% are for killing migrants. Just 15% of Democrats, 44% of independents said the same. Overall, 52% of Americans oppose installing death deterrence. 44% said they, <laughs> said they support them. 44 Do you know why 44% do this? I'll tell you what. I'll save it for the end of this little rant, okay? Republicans have stepped up rhetoric and floated several restrictive immigration policies as more immigrants seek asylum seekers from Central and South America attempt to enter the U.S., Last month, former President Trump told a right-leaning website that undocumented immigrants were poisoning the blood of our country. Like I said, this came from Trump. Language similarly used by white supremacists and Adolf Hitler. Hey, I'm not saying he is Hitler, but he cosplays Hitler a lot. GOP presidential candidates targeted hardline immigration postures during the second GOP primary debate last month, including building more walls and banning Gaza refugees from entering the U.S. The National Republican Congressional Committee, the political arm of the more Republicans elected the U.S. House, said in a statement to Axios Latino that the survey showed the GOP was in a better position to tackle border security. Extreme Democrats balk at any effort to secure the border and halt terrorist-linked immigrant uh, illegal immigration and the flood of deadly fentanyl. Uh, once again, they're for killing immigrants. At the end of the day, they can try to paint, paint this any way they want to. Their argument is we will kill them Ha, 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 ha. That is your standard Republican today. And you can say, Matt, that's just not nuanced. No, that's what – if you're not for killing them, then you shouldn't put vehicles of death in their way. If you start shooting a gun at them and they end up shot, you can't say, well, they should have avoided the bullets I was aiming at them. You see? By the way, there is no evidence of terrorists or suspected terrorists have entered the U.S. through the southern border. There's no evidence of that. That's their fan fan fiction, though. Nearly 38% of Americans said they believe that in white replacement theory, according to the survey, 38% believe in white replacement theory. That's the decades-old racist notion that immigrants are invading the U.S. and people of color are purposely replacing white people in politics and the economy. While Democrats have become less likely to agree with this idea than they were in the past from 20% in 1990 to 15% now, independents are now more likely to agree with it from 31% to 37% now. 65% of Republicans believe in the white replacement theory about the same as it was in 2019. So once again, 44% are for killing migrants as they come across the border. Uh, 65% of Republicans are for a decades-old racist notion that immigrants are here to replace them. Racist notion. I think we're seeing more frustration with the kinds of border policy in the U.S., but we're also seeing more divisions. He added that the survey, this is uh, Robert P. Jones, he added uh, that the survey results indicate that Christian Americans in particular have a sense of entitlement and ownership in the United States because they believe the U.S. was founded uh, by European for European Christians. Jones blamed in part Trump's increasingly violent rhetoric about immigrants and the rise of harshening opinions about immigration. The same survey found that nearly a quarter of Americans agree that patriots may have to resort to violence in order to save the country the most in nearly three years since President Biden took office. So I want to make sure we, we get this. And I mean, hey, I know 
I should be should be doing my grammar worksheets right now. I know, but uh, in case you missed the the point of this one story, we, we we're just we're not. Have you forgotten the Duluth anti semites? No, you haven't. Okay, all right. That was one story. These are like forty or fifty I get every day. I mean, just tons of stories every day like this. In this one story, we have learned that forty four percent of the people of this country want to murder people trying to come into this country, murder them. That they think that that is a a, a solid policy. 38% of Americans believe in the racist, false narrative of white replacement theory. And a quarter of Americans are starting to think that starting to shoot at their neighbors is a good idea for patriotism. I've got things to do. You know, I only have two hours every day. I've got to focus on what is important to me. And I think I've been very clear. I, I'm, I'm not the biggest fan of the social media stuff. I'm <laughs> sign of the cross. <laughs> if I'm doing sign of the cross every time I talk about social media, you know it's not going well. I got big thumbs. I got limited time. I got to make posts really quick. I've got to do what I've got to do because I have a life. I do want to spend time with my wife and my kids and my house and my dog, and I like to do things. You want to focus on grammar because it's easier for you to look into that and be outraged and feel as if you're making a difference and fighting for justice. When, because when you look at everything else and you see this swirling death spiral of, of, of Satan that's informing outside of our, in our country as we speak right now, fine, I get that. You, you, you know, it's, it's a safe space. But understand, I'm sitting with whatever sword I have left trying to fight this crap, trying to make a point, trying to, trying to bring awareness of anything to the insanity that this country is coming because there are people out there who are successfully increasing these margins, getting more people to think Christians, Christians, mind you, to think that murdering people coming to our border is a good policy. Christians, welcome in strangers from strange lives. Christians, you have people who are out there Encourages openly encouraging that they're that the white replacement theory and more people are buying it because it's repeated over and over and it's validated constantly through the narrative fo- sources that these right wing fools go to. And 25% of people now want to start shooting at other people. 25%. Those seem like a little bit bigger issues. I've got and, – and, and trust me, every day I get at least five or six people saying, Matt, why aren't you talking about this? Why aren't you talking about this? Because I just can't. I wish I did. Maybe I should go to three hours. <laughs> Maybe I should. I, I don't have – I'm not exactly sucking for topics on a daily basis lately. But I'm going to make sure I keep focus on the, the prize in front of me. Making sure this country doesn't fall into the seventh circle of hell, that we keep democracy going, that we can have legitimate elections, that we, we can we, we don't have people that are starting shooting their neighbors because because Trump 
We don't have we don't have a majority of people buying the stupid idea that they're being replaced. I don't where do you even begin with that, you racist pigs? I mean, where do you even begin with that? I'm being erased. Well, maybe you just suck at your job. Have you thought about that? I don't know. I mean, geez. I got things to do. Yep, I'm going to have typos. I'm going to have misspelled words. I'm going to have grammar issues. I don't care. I just don't care. Because I got a much bigger fight in front of me. 952-946-6205. 952-946-6205. Take a break. Come on back. It's the Matt McNeil Show right here on AM 950. You know, I don't I didn't even get to the speaker of the house. Do you see Johnson? They did an investigation of him. He has like no retirement funds. He has no investments. He does no one in his family has a checking account. No one in his family has a savings account. Nothing. And it's like is he stashing his money in like a mattress in his place? He's serious when he says the 18th century was his favorite century. Wait, was, no, th- they didn't have is, checking accounts back then. Yeah. Matt Gates had to come Matt Gates <laughs> had to come to his rescue and argue. It's like, I don't know why basically financial independence is a bad thing. It's like, okay, no. He has no retirement account. No one in his family has a checking account. No one in his family has a savings account. Is he doing the, the Menendez gold bar thing? <laughs> oh god that is that that whole menendez thing god i hope they throw him out he sure deserves everything he i think gets. he's more along the lines of clarence thomas he's got <laughs> some people that are paying that, is a, that is a nice rv have you seen that rv that is a nice rv i would i would sacrifice american freedom for one of those suckers in a heartbeat like, what do you do you don't have a checking account you kind of have to <laughs> What is he just – it's like a Lido when he goes to a hotel in Italy. It's like, here's your bill, sir. That man will take care of it. <laughs> I'm I'm ruling for guns for that guy, so off I go. <laughs> now, get me, now get me a car and some hookers. Actually, I have no idea if Justice Alito has ever said that. I'm just – it's just a hypothetical. I make jokes. That's all I do. Oh, he's – yeah, his integrity sure shines through. So I, I don't know how I could besmirch such a character as Sam Alito. Not him. Not him. All the justice is not him. Oh, God. Hey, how about a brand new segment? Oh, gosh, no. Not that store. Jeez, they're closing? Oh, that's a shame. You can hear from the tone of my voice that I seems like there might be something else going on here. I've got two for you today. Number one, an Osseo gun shop and shooting range that has served the community for the past decade has abruptly shut its doors. In a message to customers last week, owners cited the prevailing business environment as one of the reasons for the sudden closing of the Osseo Gun Club and Pro Shop, 22 Northwest 4th Street near Osseo Senior High School. (laughs) I don't know why they put that in there, but it's a little terrifying, isn't it? (laughs) Right next to the baby center. (laughs) Next to the daycare. (laughs) The daycare and the We Can't Shock the Elderly Center. Uh, for knitting next door. You know, that's a got to be right between the two of them. Good luck. Is that the business? What's the business client? It's Osseo. I, I got to imagine 
I mean, I gotta imagine that that alpha male stuff is going on out there. Um, the operation ceased on October 22nd. In an email Wednesday morning, owner Chris Williamson said he was retiring. Good for you. Adios. Enjoy your future. The owners and staff want to thank all concerned with their business over the years and wish everyone the best. The news hit many hard, Williamson said. We had employees and customers crying when we told them we were closing. He said Williamson opened the gun club in 2014 and featured a 20-lane gun range, offered firearm rentals, gun safety, and permit to carry classes and leagues. The club has operated fairly quiet over the years but became the center of a controversy in 2021 after it sent out an email advertising ammunition for customers Trip to the hood. Remember that? Yeah, that rings a bell. Uh, Now you know why I'm going here. Oh, no, not that business. It's closing? Oh, that's a shame. Uh, At the time, Williamson said the email was completely unacceptable, had been sent out without approval. The the, uh, store also issued an apology. I I don't – I can't remember. Was that – did he use a service? Do you remember if he used a service on that? I can't remember if it was a service or what was the – um, okay, so, well, I mean, it's <laughs> the uh, statement really stirs down the gun. Chris um, Williamson said that the email was completely unacceptable, had been sent without warning. Um, once we became aware of the situation, we took immediate corrective action with the employee and reversed the email. So this was an employee in the store. That's right. Now I remember this. It was an employee in the store who decided in Osseo to put out the, the email, get, stock up on ammo for your trip to the hood so that you can shoot black people. That's why. Now, to give Chris very you know some level of credit, he clearly seemed just as shocked by this as anyone else. But you had a racist on board. And I'm wondering, did that racist cost you your business? Because that would be my guess as – that maybe the damage that was done here was so traumatic and so deep <laughs> that it, it it never recovered. Because, yeah, the racist employees telling people to stock up on bullets so they can go shoot black people in the inner cities, you know, that, that kind of has a tendency of, as, you know, you're not going to get those five-star reviews. You know, you're just, you know, Yelp, you're just, you're going to start plummeting there. I'm just going to let you know. So once again, oh, no, not that business. It's closing that's a shame. All right, there's one for you. I got a second one for you. And this this uh, this led to one of my favorite oh my god moments in the last twenty years, fifteen years of being here on this station was Water Gremlin. You remember Water Gremlin? They were sending people home covered in this lead dust to where like they would sit down on a bus and they could pat themselves and like they were pulling a pig pen they're like leaving clouds of this stuff behind oh, wow. this toxic lead dust oh that, i remember that was that was the case like you don't have showers working these guys aren't able to clean up you know, they were pig pen in it which by the way depending on how you search for that pig penning it can get you some really unfortunate results on most social search sites on web don't do that okay just you know, just you know, just yeah, just go with my word on that. Water Gremlin Company, rattled in recent years by pollution scandals, has filed for Chapter 11 bankruptcy. Production was in the process of trying to sell the company. The White Bear Township-based company, founded in 1949, makes lead battery terminals and fishing sinkers. 
the related this is this is one one of the reasons why the they the, the DNR has been working on trying to get the 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 tackle the lead out of the tackle because you put this stuff in the water and it pollutes a ton of water with it. Every one of these things, I mean, it's real dangerous stuff. The related water Gremlin, Gremlins Holding Incorporated and WG Sub LLC entities have also filed for bankruptcy protection. The company is evaluating multiple compelling offers from interested parties to acquire substantially all of the assets of the U.S. and European division. Water Gremlins said in a statement, the bankruptcy filing can drive a sale in the most efficient manner. You know, can also do that is just selling it. If anyone's really interested in it, bankruptcy courts getting involved, that actually makes it a lot more difficult. I'm just going to let you know. Water Gremlins bankruptcy filing does not yet include many details of its financial straits. It indicates the company was somewhat uh, somewhere between 200 and 999 creditors. That's a lot with liabilities potentially as high as 50 million dollars. The company's 30 largest unsecured creditors are owed $23.9 million. Water Gremlin had significant clashes with regulators in 2019 over pollution from its facility. The company had to pay more than $7 million in fines to the Minnesota Pollution um, um, and, you know, a, a Pollution Control Agency over toxic air emissions. The MPCA levied another $325,000 fine in 2021 uh, 20, uh, over alleged violations of hazardous waste and, um, and sewer violations as well. So, yeah, this is um, – yeah. I'm not I, – I, I remember this, this was so bad. This was so bad it was, it was hard to comprehend that th- this was actually happening in this day and age because I, I, if I remember correctly, it was – they didn't have showers. They didn't have like a changing area. The people were having to leave covered with this toxic stuff and go home and clean up at home, which then you say to yourself, OK, if I'm taking the bus, you're getting on buses around other people with this stuff? Yikes. So Water Gremlin is now officially done. Oh, no, not that one. Jeez, another business closing down. What a shame. There, <laughs> I will. I will. I, I, I mean, hey, I, I, it's, I, there are people, there's jobs that are lost here, but this is not because um, anyone kind, kind of got out there and, and, and tried to force it shut down. It just they misran themselves. I, the, gun sh- the gun one is really kind of remarkable how one bad action by an employee, and I can just see that snickering weasel of an employee that sent that email thinking they did something good. Yeah, you killed, you more than likely killed the business because of your your racist email. 952-946-6205, 952-946-6205. I also did want to make sure I mentioned this because uh, it's just, it's this is this is just tragic. Uh, this is what happened down in Prior Lake. A man who was shot in the leg allegedly by his girlfriend's ex-partner in Prior Lake last week has, has died. The Prior Lake Police Department confirmed on Monday the 28-year-old victim shot on Thursday succumbed to his injuries after the bullet that struck him hit his femoral artery. The suspected shooter, Tyler Schottfeld uh, Gidney, 28 of Monticello, is now in charge with second-degree murder. The criminal complaint against Shotfield Gidney says he contacted his ex-girlfriend via Snapchat out of the blue on Thursday morning, asked her to go to California the next day. 
Okay. Shotfield Gidney has a three-year-old daughter with his ex, who he wanted to go to California with, who was born while he was in prison. His ex agreed to meet with him in the Spring Lake Park to talk about their daughter. So basically, it's not. It's what's not clear is did Shotfield Gidney, Shotfield uh, Gidney insist that he was trying to reignite the flames of romance with his ex, or did he just say, "Hey, I'm out of prison." I've got a three-year-old kid. I don't want it to be here in Minnesota. I want to, you know, you know, there. And so I think that that's why the 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 ex agreed to meet him was. I, it, I at least that's kind of the impression I get because I think there'd be some some red flags here. But maybe you're trying to take the high road. The woman brought along her new bo- boyfriend, who's the father of her three-month-old son, as Shotfield Gidney had been abusive towards her in the past. As they arrived at the park. Schlotfield Gedney walked behind their, her vehicle. The woman says her boyfriend got out of the car and then he shot, hear gunshots. Police were told by a witness that the shooter placed the gun in his waistband and left the scene in his Chevy Tahoe. He has been arrested the next day. Um, I would like to know, was that an illegal gun or did he go purchase it legally? Did he? I didn't know if he could purchase this legally. Did he get it illegally or did he get it legal, legally or illegally? We don't ask that question in nearly enough of these these stories. And that should be, and I'm sorry, that should be a, a part of this story. Because the reality is, is there's, there's a tendency of the second you hear of a crime with a gun involved, that your argument is, well, it clearly was an illegal gun. Was it? We still don't know about the five officers who were shot out in rural Minnesota whether or not they're, – they're not saying whether or not that guy, the former meth dealer who was the current meth alleged meth dealer, whether or not he was – he had those guns legally because it changes the story quite a bit if people who should not have guns are easily able to legally buy them. And whether it's this story here where the guy immediately murders her new boyfriend or it is – and and or it is it's it's the guy out the meth dealer the alleged meth dealer out in rural Minnesota. The reality is is whether the gun is legal plays a pretty big role in the story. But this is the reason they don't put that in there is because if we keep hearing legal gun used in a crime, legal gun used in a crime, legal gun used in a crime, legal gun used in a crime. Eventually, we're going to start saying, like, well, maybe we should have some better standards on who can legally carry guns. And you see, is that's really what's going on there. 952-946-6205. 952-946-6205. Come on back. I've got an interesting story into a point of good story out of Duluth. When we come on back, it's the Matt McNeil Show on AM 950. Sometimes I'd rather die. Thank you. Tell me a lot. AM 950, the progressive voice of Minnesota, the Matt McNeil Show. Uh, one of the things I, I, yeah, once again, I'll, I'll do my disclaimer here. I'm a white guy, so uh, I, I can't even begin to understand the the betrayal, the 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 mistreatment, the the horrible abuse Native Americans have 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 endured. It is truly horrible, and I'm I'm hoping we are. I'm hoping we are finally at a point where we start realizing we can't do this to other human beings, not anymore, and we need to make some amends for what has happened. Uh, 
A lot of time, though, when you know you want to rename the area where Fort Snelling is Bedote after the traditional native name, white people start screaming, ah! You know, I'm like, you know, okay, yeah, we're a little ways away. The level, when you start thinking about the mistreatment of the Native Americans, uh, the, native, the indigenous people of the area, one of the things that you come to grips with and come to grips with hard is not only did they lose a lot of the land that they hunted, lived on, stayed on, but the land that they buried their ancestors on. Some of them were just ripped apart while, you know, you know, white people took the the relics from their graves, the mounds, and 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 stashed them in their house and put them up on display. Some of them just buried under it and put a foundation on top of it. I have been somewhat, somewhat, not incredibly, but somewhat encouraged at the efforts now that when a project is going on and they do discover Native American artifacts, that they stop and they do their due diligence and make sure that there is, you know, that the, the, the desecration doesn't go further than it already has, per se. That's the story we have up in Duluth. Work has stalled. By the way, and it, it does this surprise anyone. There'd be Native American, um, you know, artifacts in this construction zone on the thirty-five on the thirty-five construction area up there, because it's 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 by hills, it's by water, it's tr- you know that's if you you know you when you learn about the Native Americans and how they 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 buried their dead, they was always usually by water with 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 these ornate mounds. I, it does not surprise me that they found this stuff there. That just sounds like the kind of place you would exactly you would find this stuff. Work has stalled the season at Garfield Avenue Interstate 535, part of the Twin Ports Interchange after findings of historical significance were discovered in the project area. MnDOT said this on Tuesday morning. The interchange will stay in its current configuration throughout the winter, and the Blant, uh, Blatnick, Bridge, Blatnick Bridge, not closing this week as previously announced, MnDOT said in the news release, adding that it is working with project partners will provide an update schedule of the project as soon as possible. MnDOT spokesperson Pippi Mayfield. Really? Pippi Mayfield <laughs> and her fantastic trapeze artist show. Uh, no, Pippi Mayfield. That is a great name, by the way. Pippi Mayfield is a great name. Pippi Mayfield directed questions about the findings to the Minnesota Indian Affairs Council, which did not immediately respond to the, uh, to the message. And it's a second stoppage on part of uh, the $435 million project in February. A human jawbone believed to be indigenous remained was found near the Can of Worms area of Lincoln Park. Uh, MnDOT shifted work uh, to other parts of the multifaceted project and has not yet resumed in that immediate area. MnDOT said at the time there's a project-specific plan in place to re- for discoveries like this. Construction workers and others involved immediately contact the Minnesota Indian and Affairs Council, the office of the state archaeologist, where there is an un- unanticipated discovery. MnDOT said that it accelerated work on 35 Corridor this fall. Yeah, you can fool me. I've been up there a few times, man. <laughs> it's it, it's a little bit of a delay zone. You know, okay, I'm just going to say it. Uh, they included shouldered grading, paving, wall pouring, and all that good stuff. It could open for four lanes as soon as this week as a goal of finishing the bridges of Piedmont Avenue to 21st Avenue West by the fall of 2024. Uh, but obviously this is and justifiably a stoppage you need to make. Yeah, I... There is a golf course up in northern Minnesota that as a kid, my parents would take us out there and the tee box was on top of an Indian mound. (sighs) 
Uh, yeah. That's, we, we have to do better. We have to do better. And I think that I'm glad they stopped. I don't know what you're going to be able to do there if, if – especially if it's an extensive find, if it's a town or a village or something you found there. I mean obviously you need to preserve that as best as you possibly can because it's important, just as important as the James J. Hill house. It is. It's history. You've got to preserve this stuff. But I'm, I've got hope that they can do this and, and make sure that the, the, the violations of the, the burial that have already happened intentionally or not are stopped, limited, and a solution can come forward that basically respects what is there. Because I know that this might not be a popular thing, but the truth is the road's not the important thing. The remains are the important thing. That's what we should be focusing on, and I'm glad that they stopped things and they're going to check that out. But I would anticipate, you know, it, it's Duluth at 35. That's a mess up there just with the construction on its own. So just be advised. Native Roots Radio is up next. We're back tomorrow. Until then, see ya.